0: hello cyclocross friends and thanks for tuning in to episode 205 of cyclocross radio on today's show we're back in the media pit with zach and michael and myself we're talking about Rue de and everything that went down in the men's and women's elite races this is Ah oh, man, I, I enjoyed this conversation a lot. We're really getting into the into the nitty-gritty of cyclocross season, and I think I think we crush this one. It's the kind of conversation that I love having, super analytical, super interesting. So we're gonna get right into that as soon as I tell you about Willa's oat milk. Willa's oat milk. There there's no other oat milk out there that has more protein or fiber. Than Willa's. And, and you may ask, well, how is that possible? And, and I will tell you, it's because they have identified a proprietary way to use the entire, entire, all caps, entire whole grain oat in the formulation while still achieving a creamy, delicious oat milk. You can go to willaskitchen.com, put in the, 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 the code CROSSHAIRS20 when you check out, you're going to get 20% off of your oat milk. It's also available on Amazon if you search for Willa's Oat Milk. Uh, We got links down there in the description, so go check it out. And while you're checking things out on the Wide World Web, also go to wideanglepodium.com. Check out everything we got going on there. I know it's tough. I know people are hurting and, and it's not the best time to be opening up your wallet, but if you find yourself in a position that you can support our show's it means the world to us. We want to have everybody in this community. You can do it as, as uh, much as only $5 a month or just a one-time donation. And truly, it goes a long, long way for making us to con- to be able to continue to do what we do here on the Wide Angle Podium Network. I think that's it. I'm going to have to edit out the middle of the song because I'm going to end before it does. It's a rare occasion. All right, let's get into the pit. We got Michael. We got Zach. We're talking about rude of Orda, and we're doing that right now. We are back in the media pit. Michael, how's it going?
1: Bill, oh. Before Michael speaks, like, who invited this guy? Why is he here? Why are we letting Michael on the show this week? Zach, that is so rude of you.
2: Anyway, Bill, uh, things got saucy this week. I'm ready to rock. Let's do it. Let's get into the show. We
1: did three takes of that. <laughs> <laughs> we did. <laughs> Could have done it in one take. Bill, no, what are we talking
0: about? We're talking about... I think Michael hinted at it. Root of order. Beautiful. Thank you. I learned that from the english-speaking commentator
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah can i so i i ponied up the cash yes and i i got the gcn race pass yes and i know a lot of folks have been bigging that up on the internet i just haven't got around to it yet but oh my god it's totally worth the investment and it was amazing to watch uh the race that way with uh Jay Powell was kicking butt. He he seemed to be on his A game, his announcing A game this week. And they had uh, post race interviews with one question in English. Bill, which I saw you pointed out um, on Twitter, but that was great. I'm I'm like yeah, I just got extra stoked for cross this weekend.
0: Yeah, it was. They they actually they made. I think that was specifically for GCN, and I think they're sharing. It's them and Eurosport, right, who have, have sort of come together yeah. to to have this coverage, and they they the super prestige at least knows that it's important and uh, make sure that there's at least one question in English for that audience to the, to the winners, which, which was pretty awesome. And, and yeah, the race pass, you know, I mean, we've, we've had, we've, we've had it pretty good. We had Trek doing coverage for the past couple of years. Uh, Flow bikes was doing coverage GCN jumps in there this year and it's kind of a no, no lose proposition. You're paying eight ninety nine per month. So you can sort of, that's how you, you can pay for the year, but I figure why we don't know if we're going to have cyclocross next month. And, you know, if I get six or eight races out of this with the men and the women and I'm paying a buck or two each race, that's, that's, that's good for me. You know, I'm not, I'm not buying any beers recently. So that's a, that's a good trade-off. So yeah, definitely, definitely worth the investment. If you're, if you're searching around for where to see these races, that's a good, good place to stop.
2: I also I also want to ask you, Bill. Did you see? You probably noticed the intro uh, lap course preview with the drone. Do you think we can we can we between me and you we can work out some FPV style like footage of lap? I mean, that was pretty high tech stuff. That was some maneuvering.
0: Yeah, it was good, and and the the. For, for y'all that don't know, FPV drones are like the little race drones that, that and they're tiny and you can crash them into th- anything. things. And their batteries last, what, like four minutes, I think, are the, the big ones. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and you can do cool stuff. But that's like, have you even thought about that? Have you thought about like, oh, this is something I want to get into? Because it's like you got to like do, get on the simulator and learn how to fly the thing. And they're, they're tough.
2: Yeah, I mean, you gotta, yeah, it's a whole like different way of thinking about maneuvering. At first, I was like, oh, I'll just, I can do that with my drone. And I was like, oh, wait a second. I don't think I know how to turn that way. And then, like, you gotta, they're all about, like, it's interesting, a whole subset of like, they're like, they're like almost like model airplane builders where you build them and then they build race courses and they fly the drones through them. So, yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, and if you just like, touch something. You're going down, down harder than Denise Betzen on the second turn of that race. Let's get <laughs> hey, into it. Zach. let's talk cyclocross.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you. That was beautiful. That so
1: was beautiful. Uh, the, the heroine of uh, Beringen went down. Uh, her, her name was not Frazier. Uh, Bill harkening back to Nats at Louisville when Scott Herman just, hi Scott, you know, didn't do the down goes Frazier. But anyway, uh, she went down. So we had one of the favorites was gone. Uh, from the start, and had to to kind of work her way back through the field.
0: Interesting race. It, I mean, uh, I guess we're start starting starting with the women. You you had all of the hitters out there. You had Alvarado looking strong again after an off week last week. Worst was up there. Brand was up there. Who who else was sh- um. Mon and and that's what I was gonna talk about. Was uh definitely right up there at the front. Uh, Verdon shot I'd also. Say,
2: yeah. I'd say statement race, right, Zach? For Bacher? I mean, considering that she what came in second in the first race of the season, but being up at front for most of the race with these hitters,
1: kind of a bigger, bigger day for her. I kind of disagree. <laughs> okay. Uh... I uh, I mean, do we want to fast forward? I mean, I, I feel like we're skipping a lot. So we ended up with yeah. The no, I
0: know. She she I, definitely she definitely has had had a had a stiff learning curve later in the race. But maybe we just uh back up a little bit before that. Yes. Yeah, so,
1: so like we'll table that till we get to like the lap where stuff happened. But. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it was like, it ended up being five and uh, my girl Verdon shot, Bill, you were tweeting about it. She was, she quickly established herself in the Verdon shot zone in sixth. Uh, so I don't know. It was like no surprises, right? In terms of the right, I think uh, Kesseline was there too. So it was, I guess the four big, four of the five big Dutch hitters right now. And then one of the youths. Yeah, we made
0: a big point and then about, women's elite European cyclocross last year also dominated by the Dutch. But, I mean, this was a, you know, a big point of contention for you, Zach, that it would be, like, the three strongest riders. You'd have, like, Alvarado, Worst, Brand, maybe Castellain in there, somebody else, and one of them would get a jump on an early lap, and then it would really be kind of race over, and, and everybody would just be chasing – that person and i think this is the type of race we we were waiting for you know this was this was a a group of of five strong women who did not leave each other the whole race didn't and nobody raced a clean race i mean you look at alvarado she went down she would she was the one that would get a gap and you'd be like all right, it's over, and then she'd slide out, or she'd crash in the sand, or something else would go wrong. You know, Anne-Marie Wurst looked like she's going strong, would, for whatever reason, even though the, the left side of the sand was the side, everybody was going down, decided, I'm going on the right, and, you know, dropped down six spots and had a fight all the way back. So it was really nice, I think, a nice change to have everyone together in this race, and, and you didn't know who was going to win.
1: Yeah, I was definitely thinking about that, um... You know, I, I was, you know, last year it was like, we had the thing where it was like women's racing. It's like last year wasn't very good. I mean, there were some good races, but it seems like maybe the skill levels have come together. Maybe everyone, I don't know. And it's, it's different. It seems like it's this new era because I think we had the, a couple of years ago where I guess what made it interesting is, was like super international, you know, you had Sana Kant, you had Mariana Voss. She was Dutch. Ava Lechner would be up there. Katie Compton, Ellen Noble was up in the mix. Helen Wyman could win a race. It was like super international, so we've got like the next step where it's just like I guess you have to find your favorite Dutch, your favorite Dutch woman. Um, but yeah, it's the racing has been phenomenal so far this year. Uh,
2: I think you know the one thing I enjoyed so much about it, and is also in the men's races. We got we had group racing, right? We had like you said the entire time they were together. And I think what was interesting is that that caused a lot of those little mistakes you were talking about, Bill. I think because the riders. We're constantly fighting for corners, or try to get in front of Yara. Cast a line before the before the technical section, or you know, Annemarie, Marie. Worse, like you said, tries to decide to do a different line in the sand. You know, um, you had you had Celine. The Carmen Alvarado got her pedal stuck in Yara's front wheel, almost reminiscent of the old Wout and Vanderpol incident. Um, but yeah, just, just the amount of like having to fight for every turn, I think really made it extra spicy and, and, and made those mistakes happen. Um, I heard Jay Powell use the term chin music, um, which is like the second time I've heard that. I didn't, I didn't Google that. He said it's it was a baseball a base, fan. It's a baseball term. Okay. Yep. All right. So I, I liked that. I, I saw some chin music and I, it was great. It was, it was so much fun. This is what we've been wanting to watch. And I want to ask you guys: Do you think maybe do you think conditions had anything to do with it? Because of this course and the way it was, it it was it was actually kind of dry. Uh, I mean, maybe a little bit tacky, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a mutter or a slog where someone with power found a uh, you know a, a long section could get away. And the technical sections were were difficult, but they did have a little bit of flow, so you could sort of you could you could make up you could not get lost or like lose a gap and then and then not be able to catch up. what do you guys think
0: i uh, I think that yes, and I think that it, what we saw last year at Ru of Order was where it was really muddy, and what uh powers was actually talking about on that on that broadcast as well is that you know a, a lot of the course had a speed limit you know last year so it it was it was a completely different type of racing you come in this year that speed limit the the governors are off off the bikes and people are just going full gas and i think that's that really plays into what we were talking about as well with the mistakes with the having to fight for the turns for the technical spots because people can ride them fast therefore you don't want to get stuck behind the person who can't you know and th- i think that that really brings us in into this discussion of of who's who it's been it's been fun to watch her i mean she's she's been at the front of most every race. And I, I will say the one thing I liked that she did, and then Zach, you can jump in here where she kind of got it wrong because it was right about the same same place, is that they came to the, the the way this course sets up is that there is a long sand pit that goes into a a sandy hill. So the end of the pit is actually uphill. There's a right hand turn and then it's a pretty much a clear shot for home which will Come into play at 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 the end of this race. That's like a really you know you're burning a match every every lap coming through there for the women. They're all dismounting. They're all sprinting up that hill. You get back on. You cruise down there. You make the left turn to home, and then in the last in the penultimate lap, everyone sat up and was like, "All right, we're going to regroup." That man and backer then played the. um Zdenek Stibar role, the, the part that I loved when he used to show up to race because you'd see this in the men's race all the time where they would get to the finishing straight and they'd all sit up and they'd look around they see who was doing what. And Stibar was like, the heck with that. I've been doing these six hours races. We're doing a one hour race. I'm racing the whole time. And he would just take off like a shot and they'd all be like crap, and then they have to go chase him down. And Madden Bagger did the same thing. She looked around. She's like, oh, y'all are just going to sit up. I'm going. And she just took off like a shot. Uh, Powers then decided that she was going to win the race and <laughs> then take it from there, Zach.
1: So I love this for three different things that happen. So first, like Becker attacks. And you look at Alvarado and you look at worsted brand. And they literally were like giant shruggy. They were just like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> Like, yeah. no reaction. Zero. No reaction. So, shot was actually super close. So, she makes contact. So, that's point one. Is I think that, like, those, I think, you know, worst Alvarado and Brand, I think, are all kind of just side-eyeing each other and, look, you know, eyeing each other up. They let shot do so much work. So, they let shot pull through and start to drag the group back. And it's just like, well, that's nice. They're just like, welcome, Belgi friend. Um, you know? And so, they let her just do a solid and blow herself up. So they catch back her. Um, But then, I mean, I think you could see the level of respect is because then it was a group heading into the bell and brand, I guess maybe you guys have noticed this, but she definitely wears her emotions on her sleeve, especially vis-a-vis Alvarado, who's just like a stone cold killer. That's some of the Vanderpool in her. Um, Yeah. So she takes like two pedal strokes, and Alvarado's like, "Oh snap!" And she like gets up, and branch just like, "I was just stretching my legs." So I think that just kind (laughs) of told you and. I don't know. I mean, if you're talking about statement race, I think they also kind of showed what they thought of backer in terms of her ability to
0: beat them brand. The thing I liked about her too, such a roadie. I mean, she was playing possum almost that whole race. Like she was tailgunning off the back, just hanging off the group. And then when it came to that, she was like up front immediately feeling great can just attack off the front. No problem. I, I just, I, I, I love the way that she kind of plays races compared to just the pedal to the metal um, folks in the rest of the group.
2: I just want to defend myself with my statement race for Bakker. And so this is, here's my reasoning. I've got her results up here. She got fifth. It's not her best finish of the year, not her best finish ever. But I think that this is a race and, and this is, you know, statement race, meaning I feel like it's a confidence booster for her. She saw that she could take charge of things. She attacked more than a few times, she went to the front. She was with Carmen Del Alvarado. She was with Worst. She was making moves. She, she, yeah, she did to make that last attack. And they had no respect for her. You know, she's pulling at the collar, feeling a little bit uh, disrespected there. But I, I, I don't know. I just saw that. I thought that she's probably going to take a lot from that race and take a lot of confidence out of it. And I think, I think it was a statement race for her. So that's my defense. Well,
0: and here's to to bolster that. Defense. If you look at what she could have done, she was strong there and she attacked and she, and they they you know again used Verdon shot were able to get back up there and that is when she made her one fatal mistake. It, it, there is a tricky off camber section about halfway through the lap uh, and she dropped back in the group and got behind Yara Castellin who. It's not a secret. She's not the best bike handler out there. And she has issues with technical sections. And she had an issue there. And it dropped her and backer off the back of that group by almost probably a couple seconds, which meant the backer had to go back into the well, burn a couple more matches just to catch back up with that group. If she plays it right, if she sees who's around her, if she makes sure, like everyone else did, that they were ahead of Castelline before that section, then she's in that group, I think, with some fuel going into the finish.
1: So can we talk about, uh, this is one of the things I put in our uh, show notes, like what like what was Castelline and backers play there in that last lap? Because both of them were content to sit fourth and fifth, backer fifth, We saw that Castelline just kept, and she's improved her bike handling. I think there's no question, but like she was dabbing, like, you know, there was the one where she crashed on that uphill. She kept having to burn matches herself. And it was like, she's not moving into the front. She never made that move to the front. Backer was kind of content to sit fifth. And I guess we saw ultimately it's because I think she was just kind of donezo but I don't know. I just, I was kind of like if I'm cast line and I know I'm going to, I'm not the best bike handler, I'm going to make a move into some of these technical sections yeah. where at least when I biff, maybe I get like, like when Worst did the, uh, the brake check on the run up when she stumbled and got a gap. Uh, I don't know. I, did you guys notice that it was just, I was just kind of wondering what their strategy was.
0: Well, I think that's it. I think that they were up there and of course we can sit here and Tuesday morning uh, quarterback this, Tuesday evening quarterback this. Uh, but I think you're right. And I, I think that's that's the lesson learned there, especially for Castline, is that she needs to burn. If we're burning matches, she needs to burn one before that long off-camber and just muscle her way to the front and then frustrate everyone. And at least then they're all all together. Uh, but, uh, Michael, you want to like talk about this uh, last run into the sand and just how it all played out to the end.
2: Oh my god! I mean, I think I think it was amazing that in, in lap one we see uh, prime time eat a, eat a face full of sand um, and just and just sort of you know kind of laugh it off. Her and Worst are almost kind of laughing; they're they're smiling. And how that really was. I mean, I, my my one note was that the sand was a big part of both the men's and, and the women's races. A lot of that's kind of was the protagonist there. Um, but yeah, so that last lap, where you had Brand do a fake attack, and you had kind of worst lead and then a uh, primetime lead and then brand went back to the front. But, uh, Celine Del Carmen Alvarado made the final pass to be the first one into the sand. And she stuck the, the, the rut got off her bike and just hit the turbo jets and that, and opened up a, a very, like what are two step gap over worse, but then it got on her bike and jammed it a few more pedal strokes, opened that gap. And like that, that was it. I mean that she was, she played it perfectly. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe that was her plan during the race. But, I mean, it was – she came across a line and, and immediately was on the ground. So, you know that, like, they were all at that limit. And she just had enough. To, and she timed it just perfectly to get her across the line at first.
0: We, well, that was great. We like talking about the sprint before the sprint. And yeah. I, I think this is, this is a great example of when the sprint before the sprint actually was off the bike. She just went all – In, I mean, it was like, you know, and she didn't get to the 10 yard line and and trip over herself and fall down. Kept going up the hill (laughs) (laughs) through the finish, and it was it it truly like you have to if you haven't seen this race, you have to see at least the last lap because just the arm pumping and the technique and the full out sprint, even from worst behind her. But I think she got caught off, you know, like just just that that half click where she was like, oh shoot, we're we're sprinting all out right here, which meant that she couldn't turn it around on on the sprint at, at home. But gosh, just such a such an awesome end to a race. I mean, really, really exciting.
1: Well, and Alvarado obviously has, like, a very complete bike racer package, right? She's very strong. Uh, She's very technically savvy. I think what's really impressive about her, and we keep coming back to this, is it's, you know, it's something that you would see from, like, a Mariana Voss or some other rider. Like, her maturity behind her years, just, like, pick her spot, be like, this is where I'm going to win the race. Um, You know, and, like, I think back to, like, in the green room, we were talking about the, uh, the Ellen noble race at the Trek world cup where she was just like, yeah, I'm just going to win this race on this Hill. And you know, <laughs> she did. Uh, and I think that's probably what would scare me the most. If I'm like a fellow competitor of hers, that she's not just some kid who's out there, like just out, you know, Vanderpoling me with pure physical skills. It's like, no, she'll just, she'll be chill. She'll laugh off mistakes. And then she'll pick that spot and she's going to beat you. And it's just like, um, how do you defend this? So we've been seeing a lot of these um, these races between Worst and Alvarado, and I. It seems like Alvarado is lately just keeps coming out on top. Like, what is Worst? Be- how does Worst beat Alvarado in this race? Like, so, let's start with this race because Worst sat on the front. She drove the pace, but was like not breaking anyone off. Like, should she do something? I, I'm just curious. Like, how is she going to win? What is she better at Alvarado that, at? to make her move.
0: I, I think she just had to, you know, it was, it was the first one to the sand, you know, and, and then maybe, and we don't know, and I don't want to give Alvarado that much more credit than worse. I mean, they're, you know, they'd spent a whole year just really neck and neck, even to the point that worst and brand, you know, if they came into a sprint with Alvarado until about three quarters of the way through the season last year, we were like, this isn't going to be Alvarado's, you know, sprint, one of them is going to, is going to take her out. And that, that really seems, seems to have flipped. So I think the only thing she could have done was to, to be at that sand first. I mean, she had her opportunities when you were talking about the, the pedal getting stuck and her, her sort of like tripping and falling and, and stuff. And, and they tried to take advantage of it, but Alvarado was always able, able to get right back into it.
2: Yeah. That's the one thing just, I think about this race was, you know, Alvarado made a lot of mistakes in this race, mm-hmm. but they're never, like, game-enders for her, right? She's she's able to—I don't know if it's just being calm and sort of being able to sort of just, like, not get flustered and, and get back on the bike and uh, and and recover. Um, so, you know, how does Worst beat Alvarado? You know, Worst was going to get second at Berengen. I mean that's a hilly a really hilly course. I don't know. Maybe maybe she needs a different course with uh more climbing. Although she still would have lost to Betsema, so.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean it seems like she's, you know, she's definitely got power i mean she's shown i mean i, I remember burn a couple of years ago when she went toe to toe with voss <laughs> you know she's got power but like she doesn't i haven't seen where she just can make the move necessarily to beat alvarado where alvarado's like i'm gonna make my move right now and you can't do anything about it and i'm just i don't know it just it it's it's turning into to great you know what it kind of reminds me of it kind of reminds me of the year uh, that Compton finished second at worlds when she was racing against Kant, like every single race. And she just could like, for the most part could just could not beat Sonic Kant. Like she was there. It was great racing, but like Sonic Kant just had some magic in the last lap. And it, it kind of reminds me of that. And I think I'm just curious to see if she's going to like develop like her spot or her thing, uh, to, to do that. Cause I think Alvarado is just racing really well right
0: now. Speaking of Sonic Kant, Michael, let's go to the ticker.
2: Batting down those hatches, folks. That's
0: all I got. <laughs> are we selling? Is that it? Are you are you are you holding on? Are you hoping? Or are you gonna like try to try to hang on and hope that it comes back, or is are you just uh, dumping that stock now?
2: Uh, I mean, I you know, I it's funny. I always think about I've I've always thought about this bit in terms of storm watches, like because I live in New Orleans. I haven't thought about stocks at all. <laughs> tell he brought it I up. Have it as so, I, so like I've there's a hurricane there's another hurricane in the gulf. Like 2 weeks ago we recorded we had a hurricane in the gulf. So um, I'm am currently I'm 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 preparing for bad things right now. That's what I'm doing. I'm getting I'm 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 battening down the hatches.
0: Zach, uh Magli Rochette makes her entrance into Belgium for the first time really nice races in Switzerland. Uh, a win, a second place. Good showing here was, I mean, this, you know, we talking about statement races. Is this a statement race for her? Uh, man,
1: I don't, I, I just going to have to disagree. Like, uh, the, 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 a statement race is a certain thing. Like you have nope. to win the race. Like, <laughs> Hey, I belong. <laughs> That's like, Hey, like I'm letting y'all know, but like a statement race is very definite in my book. Like it's you not getting fifth place. <laughs> No, I I know where you were going with it. Like it's (laughs) a confidence booster, but like the statement, if she had, if that attack had stuck and she had won, now that's a statement that y'all better watch out for me. I'm here. Um, I don't think it was a statement. I think it's a good result for her. Um, You know, I guess. A good barometer.
0: Huh? A good barometer.
1: Yeah. No, I think it's a, it's an excellent result. Um, I, I mean, I, my biggest thing, Magalie, if you're listening, love the Canadian red, there's too much Red in in the field right now, like wear the pan Ams kit. You're tough to find. It's just that's oh. that's my message. Like wear that Pan Am's. You've got that that white and whatever. There's only like two other ones, you know, potentially after Euros, there might be one only one other yet white kit in the field. Wear the Pan Am's kit so we can see easier. Gotta get that new
2: sponsor love out there. Um yeah, right. Just quickly and Rochette like slips out same corner as Betsima, but just on the outside. Um, Rochette had a little uh, race report saying she for some reason thought she needed to get around um prime time you know even though it was a pretty good wheel and you know who knows she, she dropped back pretty far so to finish eighth meant that she was motoring pretty good through the field so yeah i look forward to seeing what she does next
1: yeah she's right up there around that for shot zone not a bad place to be
0: her fellow canadian ruby west also in this race racing for that uh, proximus Alpha Motorhomes team uh, ended up 35th. I think she's really just sort of getting her feet wet in the in the Euro cross scene and um, is hoping hoping to move up in, in other races. I, I will say this that uh, looking at the finish of this race, you know, cyclocross sometimes is re- starting to resemble Nordic uh, cross country skiing uh, where. Uh, Riders are just collapsing at the finish line, but just pretty much across the board, everybody's saying, and I think this goes to what you were saying, Michael, with the weather conditions being really good, that this was one of the hardest races that they had done. And I think it, it truly was because it was really just full gas the whole time. There was no, no letting up and everyone, everyone was pretty gassed.
2: Can I say just personally, as a cyclocross
0: rider, racer,
2: those are the kind of conditions that I like. <laughs> I like it tacky. You know, put dry, short sleeves. Just go fast.
0: We haven't seen Marion Norbert uh, Riberal really do what we were hoping at the front of these races. But did you see the BMX Xing it up in her Instagram feed? What she was doing in the race, though, huh? I think that was warm ups. Oh. If she was doing it with the, in the race, even better. I need her closer to the front doing this because she has some panache coming off of those berms that we haven't seen really since the days of Stibar and you know, Vanderpoel. So we need, we need that in the women's field, and, and I'm, I'm putting all my, all, all my hopes and dreams on her to bring it for us.
1: Except that that reminds me of another point. I mean, I think we've talked about how the game the game has done changing, especially uh in terms of bike handling and with the women, uh, especially bunny hopping uh the planks. But I, I guess what was kind of interesting, these planks were obviously very high because the men were there were some of the men were yeah, like even Ailey was just like run this we're good um but you know i mean if you're if you're talking about backer she is one of the riders who has that ability and even she chose to run and in that group i think it would have been advantageous in that last lap if she had been able to hop the barrier she could have maybe made a move because it was kind of an uphill exit um so it's kind of interesting that you know even though it is changing at the lower levels we're still just seeing you know what we've seen before from the top riders and it's not necessarily negatively yeah you know, in this case it Proved to be important that uh, Alvarado got out of the barriers first because uh, she got to the sand first. Then,
0: yeah, that was the the planks. I think uh, very American. Um, not only tall, I think they were a couple inches too close together, or more than the riders were used to, or at least they were coming in at speeds that didn't allow them to make that transition cleanly. Cause you mentioned Ellie, uh, Vanderhaar also changed after almost, um, you know, losing it over the planks. I think a couple other riders as, as, as well in the men's race that, that we're going to get to just, uh, we're not, were, we're not taking their chances with those planks. They definitely were not like a guarantee, you know, um, stay on your bike every lap. Should we move to the men's race?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, well, I don't know. We start with like plank strategy. I mean, I guess it was kind of interesting. Um, well, just since we're on it, uh, it was interesting that Ailey ran a couple of laps when he was in a group when he knew things weren't going to break apart. But when, when he was on the move, he went back to the hop. So it was just kind of interesting to see that like when it became a definitive moment in the race, he kind of like altered up his plan.
0: And then, and then once, it, once he was safe, back to the dismount for the last lap. I turned the race off. <laughs> Ooh, is that foreshadowing?
2: Oh boy, sorry. Wait, um, I, I mean, I wow, I, I was thinking that this this I texted you guys like, wow, men's race was lit. I don't, I'm I'm surprised you turned it off, Zach. I mean, I guess was it he was it one he like had like a half a lap or was it one lap? But he did a full lap by himself.
1: Maybe not. Okay. Anyway, right. Bill. Yes was that was this was this the first true lion v sauce team race
0: this is what we were envisioning no of this season yes okay but but this was kind of the the we, we saw this last year and i think we were unhappy with it because it was just this coupling up of lion sauce couple seconds back, lion sauce couple seconds back, lion sauce I think that we saw that like a jingle cross a lot uh, during that race and here we had it and then it just ended up that way because they were all just kind of stuck in there, I can't go ahead, I'm not going to attack my own guy and the whoever was behind it was just this, this um, negative racing all the way around later, especially when Vanderpool showed up, that all just blew up and wasn't even a thing anymore. And we didn't have like the dominance of two teams, but we got a little again this week. Well, but I, I felt like
1: last year, usually we had Tone on Tone Island with anywhere from Ailey to three sauces with him. And I-, I just felt like the Lions just kept habitually letting him down. And I can't think back to a race, I could be wrong, uh, where there was a- another Lion who was playing. But like we're lo- we were waiting all year for Lars Vanderhaar to be back. And you know what? Gosh darn it, Lars Vanderhaar is back. He was in the mix. This was a great race. It it was awesome. Yeah, no, I agree. Zach,
2: you did have you well, you had you had the sauces and lions going at it. It was like a barbecue. It was like a lion barbecue. Um uh I th- actually, I'm looking at my notes and I found my original pun. It was something about baste that lion in some sauce. Uh, anyway, you know, there it's a little nugget if you made it this far on the podcast. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was great. We saw we saw some great group racing. Vanderhaar is back. I was wondering if I should have changed my pick because last week I said that Vanternau was more elite than Vanderhaar and now I'm wondering if... Uh, Vandahar is more elite. Uh, I, I,
1: I think they're still even. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was great. So we've talked about the dynamics and last of the, the sauces, and we had the, the beef, the Easer beef last year, and I I get the impression that talks have occurred because well, it was like the fifth or the sixth lap. So like a lot happened in this lap. So uh, what you had is you had uh, Easer beat, you had Lauren Swack, and you had Van Toren out against Tone. And Lars. And that was it. So Van Turnout does his good teammate thing and he attacks. And, uh, you know, it's just like pushing the pace or whatever, mixing things up. Kind of comes back together. I swear to God. Ailey was just like, Lawrence, he points at him. He's like, it's your turn. And was Lawrence goes and, like, <laughs> does his turn at the front. And I was just like, I, I think there's a pecking order now. I think uh, the top sauce has been decided. I... I think, it, I think it was decided last year.
2: Like I know that there we sort of had fun with the beef, but I mean, Ellie is the one with the Palmares. He's the one that we call elite on that squad. Um, you know, Lawrence threw a wrench in the works by winning Belgian Nats, but I think he won, as I said last year, because of his teammates. Um, Bill?
0: You can't spell elite without Ailey.
2: Okay, go on. <laughs> Have we really gone this far and never said that? Wow, <laughs> Bill, great. I love it. Um, but I also, I, once again, I think, you know, I think LA's a top dog at, at the sauces. I think he, as you said, Zach, he, he shows the signs and tells his guys to go. I think, I'll go back to what I said last, last episode, that that is holding Van Ternet down from becoming elite, being the good teammate. I mean, you know, I mean, he's a good teammate. He's a, he's a, he's a
0: good, you know, What do you lieutenant. think? Do you think that this, that Tone, Tone Ertz started this race. So here's, here was, a, you know, we talked a little bit about, uh, or I did, about um, Brand playing a little possum during the women's race and just sort of tailgunning it until, until, you know, it got to be crunch time. And then she sort of showed her cards there and uh, went for it. Ellie Easerby comes in here with the sore knee story. Uh, uh, following you could even see you could see him on the finishing stretch last weekend setting this up this was a week-long <laughs> con where he came across the finish line at Berengen and was rubbing his knee as he crossed the line <laughs> setting up the sore knee story comes into this race tone Harris is like You know, and it's sports, man. You get that injury report, and you know you have to hit them hard. He goes out, gets an early attack, is off the front. He's going. He knows he's got Ellie on the ropes. He's got a sore knee. He's just got to get rid of him early. Ellie's just back there struggling, going on, and just, you know, the same thing, has his team up there working for him, and boom, just like, 100% 100% recovery and is able to just take off at the end of this race and win it cleanly. I'm going just with the gamesmanship winning this race for the sauces. I mean, he said
2: it after the race. He said, Tune did too much. No, he said, he said, I
0: didn't have to do too much work. Tune did too much. Playing off of that, Zach, do you think A, Tone was not on top of his game this week, just didn't have it, and B... Speaking of top dogs, we know Tone's top dog, but you were talking about Lars Vanderhaar being back. I feel like there was a spot in that race. Well, it actually happened where Tone got in front of Vanderhaar and kind of kind of beefed it a little on a turn, slowed them all down, opened up a gap, and Vanderhaar maybe I'm just projecting it, but looked visibly like eye-rolled at him like, "Come on, dude." And and that kind of that kind of ended Vanderhaar's, you know, chance at the front. Cause that's when uh user beat sort of got the gap. So I'm wondering there if maybe there was a little conversation of, Hey dude, you know, if you don't got it, just, just let me go and have my, have my time. Have my might.
1: So to answer your questions, a yes, tone looked terrible. Um, which was surprising. Cause like he, like he beasted that sand pit in that first lap. Dear Lord. Gosh, that was incredible. Oh, he, just looked, he looked terrible. I mean, he, he looked I off disagree. his game. Um, I'll let you finish, though. Oh, oh, I'm going to let you finish? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not, do you tell? No, you can't make
0: me use the mute button.
1: Okay, Don't, I'm not going to be rude. What was that guy <laughs> named Tony Reale? Um No, like, so you think Tone was on his game? I
2: think Tone was ginned up from three wins in a row sort of smashing Ellie, he came into this race looking to fight, pouncing like the lion he was. He was racing for every corner. He was, he was not going to sit second wheel. And as j Powell said in the race, I mean, and, and as Ellie said after the race, he tired himself out. He just, he just, he raced too hard. Like he was fighting, he was wasting too many matches unnecessarily.
1: Well, but uh, I guess like to, to counter that though, like, I think what was interesting to me is there was the moment uh, I must've been the sixth or seventh lap where like Ailey was clearly feeling good. Like he was being super feisty once he started going, but he attacked and the lion that chased taxed with chased him down was Lars tone was like nowhere to be found. I mean, he, I guess recovered to take his customary set. I don't know. I, I, Um, but I I just like, like once he was kind of almost right behind Ailey and he was just like, then he like biffed a corner that was just like super uncharacteristic of him. I don't know. I just, the body language expert checking in said, I don't know, but, uh, to your point bill. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's going to be a situation where if Lars can hold his own and, you know, carry his share of the weight, like if tone's just not feeling it, maybe he will say, you know what, dude, it's your turn. It's, it's five foot six against five foot eight and you guys go go do what you do i'm just gonna tower up here at six foot four <laughs> uh and you know on my 64 centimeter boon and and hang out i don't know
0: <laughs> i need i need to check in with you here zach because you know he's trying he's trying hard to win you over another race quentin herman's going out hard going to the front giving it his go are we gonna are we gonna see the breakthrough or is this just like you know opening laps oh,
1: man. I'm trying to think of another I mean I don't know who's yeah like who else does that like like career Alan Van Loy I mean it's uh I don't know I mean it's cool that he's mixing it up but he clearly just does not have 60 minutes in him, and maybe he needs to maybe he needs to like be a Midler. I don't know. It was interesting. Uh, Chris Mayhew, I'll just come back to this. Chris Mayhew wrote an interesting column. <laughs> it was really weird. He was like, don't overstart like, which was his column. And it was really divisive. Like people were like responding. We got more comments on it than people being like, you're an idiot, like blah, blah, blah. But I almost wonder if like, he'd be better settling into like the, the subtopper zone and seeing if he can subtop, get a sixth, get a fifth instead of like just mashing at the front. Cause he clearly just does not have,
0: well, or maybe uh, you know, with him and Cornet, it, you know they they know. Okay, wins probably aren't in the cards for us. Michael, you're you're our you're our road racing guy. When when you know when 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 the Grand Tour when the GC isn't in the cards for you, and you you want to get your sponsor out there, what do you do?
2: Well. Look, they, they had a lot of camera time, the whole Torman squad had a lot of camera time in those first few laps, him, uh Corna and and Kevin Kuhn. Yeah. But at some point there were no white shirts. So yeah, I guess, you know, they, they were getting the exposure in the beginning, but I I'm sure they are they're everybody are, they are cyclocross breakaway
1: artists. Oh <laughs> uh, so, so, so you know, one of our bits here. And I think like he's made a, you know, he's made a strong statement. Lars Vanderhaar is back, but friend of the pod, several time guest, Becca Feringer checked in on, on the Twitter machine. And I want to, I want to read you uh, from, from the book of Becca here and get your guys' response. You guys infuriate me. He was never anything but here.
0: (laughs) I, I, I think that, um, I think that we're going to have to get more information from Becca on. I, I don't want to go back to like philosophy courses, but or quote Buckaroo Bunzai somehow. But <laughs> where is here? That's what I need to know.
1: Okay, so maybe we'll get some clarification in the coming yeah. weeks from uh, from Becca.
0: Call us, Becca. the The, the line's open. Yeah.
1: Uh, she did, she did, she did follow up that, that Lars is in her heart. So I, I don't know. We'll have to Becca, call in. We need, we're going to need you to call the, uh, the cyclocross radio hotline.
0: Anything else we need to talk about, uh, Fleetport's, uh right in there in the Verdun shot zone. I think, uh, t- looking, looking to move up. He had a, had a decent race in this one. Um, anybody else we got to talk about in this race?
1: Uh, do we have to check in? Do we have to do the Tebow check in? Oh, I don't know. Was there a Tebow? Otherwise,
0: oh, twenty third. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because they're junior races. I guess is he, he's he's done with the juniors, right? Is that right?
1: U twenty three. He wouldn't yeah. be able to race in this race.
0: Okay. Oh, so. that's right.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So straight up U twenty three. Yeah, you know. He was. Yeah, first, first U twenty three. So here's my question for yeah. you, Zach. New segment. Who won the week? Who won the week? You know what, Bill?
1: I thought about this, and uh, you know, in the last show we had a guest, Tim, on, and you know, I just I, I had no leg to stand on uh with Vanderpool coming in, and as he would say, at winning that crushing victory at the Tour of Flanders, he came on the pod, he talked him up, and then. Uh, Vanderpool crashed out, had a pretty bad crash, went into a ditch right after that. Uh, so I think the curse of the super rookie won the week. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. <laughs> Michael, who won the week?
2: Uh, Manenbacher, statement race, fifth place at Rudevord. I Bill? said it all earlier, so.
0: Bill? I'm going with my, I had my cheesy answer. I'm sticking with it. I'm saying, saying fans of Cyclocross won the week for this one because oh, we had okay, you know,
1: Okay, Time Magazine, you are the person of the year. You, go you.
2: <laughs> yep. You win some Cyclocross, and you
0: win some Cyclocross, and you win some Cyclocross. Just wait until the cover photo for this episode is just going to be a mirror. <laughs> oh,
2: my God. Wow.
1: All right, that's a
0: good
2: week of winners.
1: <laughs> Bill, why why are fans wait? Why are fans like you? Got to explain it. Like, what's the? What's I the think that we game had. Games?
0: I mean, especially that women's race. I think it was just a compelling race the whole time. And then the men's race, even though you couldn't make it through, you had to end your trainer session early or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um. I thought both races it was a were great awesome. race, and and they were just it was just uh just just two races for the weekend. So that sort of highlighted them, and they they were both phenomenal.
2: Yeah, like I said, the, I don't know, GCN, like I just, it would, watching a non-ripped feed, yeah. it was crystal, so it was clean, good production values, uh, good announcing, Uh, Awesome camera angles. I was just like I said. Once again, it just ignited the stoke for watching cross. So
1: I hope J. Pow is going to at least send you a sticker for this infomercial that you've done for the. (laughs) I know, seriously. Like J. can we can we send a sticker down to New Orleans? uh, J. (laughs) Pow sticker down to Michael. I think he deserves it. I'll put it next to my autograph postcard on my fridge beautiful i i oh, what, to my. What, what's up next
0: well what's here's the, the thing this, I, well, this is this what i like is that we get live feedback on our oh. podcast while we're recording them and i think that i think that i am i am comfortable that we we have done a good job covering what the cyclocross community wants from us just got a dm from friend of the show tyler cloutier who said he's watching the men's uh, Root of Order race. And one, did you see the drone course preview? <laughs> CX Air's track walk at copyright infringement. Thank you very much, Tyler. And, <laughs> and two, tone roosting the sand lap one, bonkers. Zach, you yep. covered it. We did it, guys. <laughs>
1: wow. We have our we have our finger on the pulse of the yeah. cyclocross community. Thanks for checking. Wait, I, uh, I've got one more thing. Yes. Bill,
2: Bill, I was, uh, Bill, I couldn't wait to ask you this. Bill, 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 so, Bill, there was cross domestically in Colorado. It was snowing. Were those
0: real cyclocross conditions? Michael, I'm glad you asked. Those (laughs) were real cyclocross conditions because those were the conditions they were racing cyclocross. Should we talk about that race a little bit? Got got some got some uh got some hitters out there, some US uh racers towing the line.
2: Yeah, I made a joke. Like, where was the live stream, right? I mean, you had Katie Compton, Maddie Monroe, Ellen Noble, uh who else? I don't want to forget anybody, but I mean, yeah, some definitely some some hitters. Heaviness. Michaela Thompson, yeah. I mean, Lauren Zoner, you know, so. All I have is a uh, results sheet, so I'm not going to speculate on anything, but uh, I saw Mark Legg, Mr. Katie Compton posted some photos. It looked pretty brutal. saw some Instagram stories of racers talking about how cold it was, so I don't know I'm looking hopefully we'll get some more race reports, but uh, kind of was you know I, I, I definitely got excited seeing that start list um, you know wanted to know how it went.
1: Yeah, and I know the the snow sent some people to Zwift because I saw some people that were on the start list on <laughs> Zwift that day. <laughs> won't mention any names uh, who did not parade the snow, but I don't know. I thought it was really cool. I mean, to like, I guess, spoil the, the you know, Compton won uh, and Maddie Monroe finished second. So I don't know. I think that's really neat. You have, I mean, I guess, are we allowed to call her the goat? I know people get really into this about this, but at least for American cyclocross, like she's... She's the best. Uh, And one of the future stars, you know, who has just this amazing, bright future. So it's kind of neat to see them getting to kind of like race locally. You know, if you're out there braving that one day, you might be like, wow, I saw Katie Compton race against Maddie Monroe in the snow. And I think that's kind of, kind of neat and good result too, for Michaela Thompson. She finished, did she finish second or third at nationals last year? Um, she finished on the podium in the junior women's race kind of came out of nowhere. So her and Maddie, the two Boulder junior side, I know it was like a good moment because they're teammates and friends and they got to share that together. So nice result for her. Um, and someone that's on the backwatch, the backwatch, uh, Ellen Noble, I, I believe Colorado resident now, uh, she also lined up. So Ellen Noble's back racing. Um, so that was, that was good to see her out there too. Cause I know she has a lot of of
0: boons on the front of that race. (laughs) (laughs) And then men's race, Eric Bruner just rolling away with it. He's, uh, he's looking good. It's looking good.
1: So he's, uh, I believe he graduates to the elites this year, right? Last year he graduated college and graduated U23s and took home, two national titles i think man it's crazy how yeah. you forget about it i'm pretty sure he won collegiate and then won the u23 race so he'll be stepping up to the big leagues this year uh, but getting a
0: win yeah it'll Maybe. be interesting to see how many of those folks make it over to europe be interesting to see what's left of a europe season i know this is the time really when all of these plans that we have heard about are starting to come to fruition and people are starting to Starting to travel over, so um, I think in the next next few weeks, if races are still going on, we will start to see an influx of uh, more North Americans uh, in those in those events. Should should be interesting. Did we do it?
1: Uh, well, I just I wanted so. to, one other uh, thing. You know, I think kind of what's fun about with uh, with Mark Legg and Katie Compton, you kind of get the history lesson, and uh, he was pointing out that. Katie has not raced in conditions that cold since I believe Kansas city nationals. And it actually happened twice there in like 2007 and I think he said like 2000 or something like, so know, it's just kind of interesting that, you know, he remembers these things, but I guess it's one of those things that sticks out in your mind when it's that cold and snowy that you remember. So I don't know. Oh, I was just kind of an interesting little tidbit that you get with her being, you know, so good for so long is like, Hey, remember this race 13 years ago when it was really cold. <laughs> you're like,
0: wow. Wow. Oh. Fantastic. Uh what do we got coming up on Nowhere Fast, Zach?
1: Uh kind of appropriate, actually, I think later this week. We have Jen Jackson, a friend of the program. Uh we had a little bit of dispute because I called her one of our favorite Canadians and she she took umbrage, umbrage to that and I informed her that don't worry, Michael is second. I'll be second, and it's still, you know, in flux. No one has figured out who the favorite is. I mean,
0: there, there, there may, you know, the the, the next numeral down the line could be fifth or sixth. It could just be a four way tie for second, as far as we know. <laughs> yes, but we only we do know Michael Vandenham is second. Absolutely so. second. You know, the rest <laughs> of the tabulations have not been done.
1: Uh, yeah, so she's been getting in some Zwift racing. So we got a chance to to talk about her experiences of racing Swift and, uh, you know, what it's been like learning that platform and talked a little bit of mountain bike world. She had a excellent top 30 and she shared that she's going to be trying to go over to curse period. So kind of neat to always fun to talk to Jen. Uh, bummer that we didn't get any cookies, though.
0: Michael, I, I, I'm assuming coming up on a, yeah, you ride, you know, it it was the hubbub about the Celeste bikes with the yellow kits. Now we have the Celeste bike, yellow kit, yellow vest over green Jersey. I mean, that's, that's got to take up at least 40 minutes of the next, next episode. (sighs)
2: We delved uh, very deep into the Ninja Turtles and my <laughs> collection that I had as a as a child, and I had the whole downtown uh, underground layer and everything. And uh, I t- so which, each. who
0: who was Roglic?
2: Rogelik is Donatello. That's what I was going to guess. Yeah. So. Um, yeah but uh i'm actually editing uh the yeah you right podcast right now and we get into um we're actually so behind on races and we talk a little bit about the is wout and Vanderpool the greatest rivalry of our time right now which would be kind of a topic for this show too but they since they they, they cross cross and robe we felt like it was like it might be
0: because of the dual sport nature uh could be pretty big I think that's going to do it. Hey, check out everything else we got going on at the Wide Angle Podium Network, wideanglepodium.com, and uh, also on the YouTube page, where we got tons more from Little Guy as far as uh, little previews of big races. I think I think the heat check heat is going to take a hiatus this week, but uh, we'll be back next week after we have a little more racing to, to mix things up. So that's where we're at. Thanks, guys.
2: As you know, materials in cyclocross are very important. What do you think, Mr. Sven Nies?
1: It's very important to have the good material when it's frozen, when it's dry, when it's summer, when it's uh, it's wet. Uh, The tires are very important. It's all about technique. It's all about uh, the good material.
2: So we brought the Bike Shop Show back with a cyclocross focus. Same great format, new name, Bike Shop CX. Give it a listen. I think you'll dig it. Each week, Mr. David Palin and I talk about things that go on at our bike shop. We talk about things that go on in the pro cyclocross pit at all the big races around the country. Sometimes we have industry-leading guests on the show. Sometimes it's just the two of us yapping. If you're at all interested in cyclocross, I think you'll like it. The bike shop is
0: open.